What's up? Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What's up, everyone? My name is Adam Hogue alongside Nicholas Moriano. Today, Will DeWitt will join us momentarily. What a glorious day it is for Cubs and White Sox baseball. I mean, if I was making the MLB schedule, I would say, let's do a Tuesday the first week of May. That's such a terrible idea. My goodness. And I'm, where's the sun at? I mean, oh, well, we haven't at? seen that in a yeah. couple weeks. So. You had a great tweet, Adam. It's like that ball of energy in the sky. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what the hell that is. Yeah, people thought I actually saw aliens, though, when that <laughs> happened. It caused a little bit of a stir, so I apologize <laughs> for that. Welcome into the show. Excited to be here today. Appreciate everybody tuning in. And uh, want to make sure you know that the best way to support CHGO is to go to PointsBet, use that code CHGO, and also check out allchgo.com, get those memberships, sign up. And uh, we have shows every single day for the Bears, White Sox, Cubs, Bulls, Blackhawks, Fire now. Everything. We got it. The Sky, the Red Stars, we got it all covered here on CHGO, and we appreciate you guys being here. It is time. We've had a couple days to look at the draft, Soak it all in. See what the Bears did. And, you know, Nick, I think like every single day we've been here, whether it's on Twitter or in our comments, we've had a request to talk to my good friend Adam Johns. Mm -hmm. And so who better to bring into the show today than Johnsy from his normal spot cool. in his living room. With in the, the dining room. room. What's yeah. up, boys? Like you can't get yourself an <laughs> office by now. Ah, my my beautiful wife has that taken over upstairs. Oh, oh, okay. And that's how it we're, should we're be. We're still in the dining room. That's how it should be. What's up, John Z? Welcome in. Appreciate you being here. Welcome to CHGO, your first appearance. I'm just here to talk about that punter, right? That's it. We're going to do 20 minutes <laughs> on the it. punter. All right. That's what you wanted, right? That's what you texted me about. We're here to talk about the punter, and let's I, go. I mean, you spent the last two days breaking down the punter film, right? I actually forgot his name. <laughs> That's Trent not nice. Gill. <laughs> what was it? Trent Gill. Got it. <laughs> there he is, Trent and Gill. It's a big dude. Our guy, six four punter. I mean, come on. <laughs> Look at the tricep. The tricep. He's going to be out there blasting dudes. You know, making tackles. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> well, John Z, welcome in. Appreciate you being here today. And uh, I, let's start with this. Okay, so the draft is over. We saw what Ryan Poles did in his first draft. He did not have a first round pick. So. On Friday night, he has three picks, and he seemed to take – he could have traded back. We all talked about potentially trading back, and on Friday, he decided to sit, sit down, make his picks where he was, and he seemed to draft guys that can contribute early. Then on day three, he goes crazy with all these trades, adds a bunch of picks, ends up making 11, and then it seemed like then was where he was able to make some more like traits picks – and take some gambles on guys that may or may not work out, but he brought in a bunch of dudes, threw a lot of darts, you know, at the board to see if he can hit some. What did you think about Ryan Poles' process before we get to the players, but the process in his first draft? Well, there's, in my opinion, two processes going on here. There was a best player available process going on on day two of the draft, and I like the two guys he picked for a secondary. I think those are two... Day one starters. You cannot argue against that. Those are potential day one starters that Ryan Poles drafted uh, for his first two picks as GM. But then day three was different. He wanted quantity, not quality. That, that's the argument there. He wanted to add more to his roster. He had a lot of holes. He wanted more swings at 
certain positions. You saw him take four offensive linemen. So if you're talking about how he did his business in his first draft, there was really like two drafts. There was best player available on day two for him. And then day three, it was all about the swings. He wanted quantity, 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 quantity. You know what, Adam, both Adam, Hogue Johns, I want to ask you guys this. If you go into Bears Twitter, you look at the two picks, defensive guys. A lot of people will say, whoa, does this mean that the Bears don't trust in Justin Fields because they're, 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 they're just upgrading the defense? What do you guys make of that? I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff on Bears Twitter, but that was going around as soon as day two ended. I think it's almost annoying at this point, right, guys? <laughs> like, what, what else does Ryan Poles have to say? What, what does he have to say? He literally said that we watched film with Justin Fields to prepare him for the draft. <laughs> Thank you. It included Valus Jones Jr., who they drafted. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> he was asked about watching the Giants pick seventh overall and how he felt about it. First, he said, you know, I'm used to it because of Kansas City. But you know what? It's because you got to go crazy for a quarterback. you got to make bold moves for a quarterback. But he thought about Justin Fields. When I think about that seventh pick overall, that's Justin Fields for us. He's ecstatic mm. to have him. I don't know what Ryan Poles could say. Like, he might, he might have to get on Twitter himself. He might have to come <laughs> on this show, our show, Adam, like any show. He'd be like, yeah. I love Justin Fields. He's my guy. I don't know what else he could do. You know, and the other thing that I, I, I don't know how he's being missed in all this, but cornerback is like one of their biggest needs. Yes. I mean, yes, offensive line, yes, wide receiver, but, like, if you're going to look at the defensive side of the ball, because it's not just one spot, it's two. Like, they have an open – the number two corner spots open, the slot corner spots open, and basically the strong safety position was open too. So they dressed that right away with guys who I think we all think can contribute right away. Just go back to week one, fellas. Cooper Cup <laughs> wide open. <laughs> you know, throughout the season, the breakdowns in the secondary. I get it. It's, it's a quarterback league, but you know what? Quarterbacks are throwing into secondaries, are they not? It, it, it helps to have... Better players back there. Cornerback, it's a premier position, an all-important position. It's up there maybe right behind offensive tackle, number three on the list, right? It's passers, pass rushers, and then cornerbacks and receivers maybe. You needed a cornerback. Yeah, Johns, when you look at the, the day three guys that the Bears gotten, it's supposed to be three, and they end up with eight on that day, so it made for a long day at House Hall. But which one of those guys most intrigues you? Is there someone that kind of stands out amongst the others that you're kind of intrigued to see how this player can potentially grow in this new Bears regime? Not right now. Maybe after rookie minicamp because, I don't know, covering this team, like so, first impressions to me mean a lot. Like, we were there when the, the Bears had training camp with Mitch Trubisky, Eddie Jackson, and Tariq Cohen right there. And Adam Shane was part of that class. Almost immediately, you knew they had something in Eddie Jackson and Tariq Cohen. You could debate that now, but that team, that year, you could tell they had something. You could tell early in training camp that Mitch Trubisky was the best quarterback on that roster. Sorry, Mike Lennon. He just was. He was. You could tell early. Uh, Adam Shaheen, you could tell he needed time. Game was a bit fast for him. So I'm interested to see them here in Ricky Minicamp. That's this weekend coming up. But I like the idea that they took four swings at offensive linemen on day three. I think that increases your hit rate. Johns, we all make calls and like try to get a sense for who some of these guys are and how quickly they can contribute. And like you said, like a lot of times you got to wait. I, I always 
love when the pads come on in training camp because when you talk about first impressions, I think that's like the real first impression that really matters. But do you get any sense for those four offensive linemen which one of them could potentially contribute sooner than later because definitely a couple of them seem like they're projects. Well, it depends also who you currently got on the roster, right? Like, the, do the Bears really believe in Larry Borman left tackle? Like, do they really? You see their answer there. I mean, Tevin Jenkins seems pretty safe at right tackle. We all know there's a wide open race at right guard. Who's filling that spot? That is a position that could be had for a young guy. For a guy who's not even on the team right now, maybe some veteran's going to be signed. But you look at right guard and left tackle, they want competition there. I don't know which one of these rookies can make that transition from tackle to guard faster because that's what you're talking about. All those guys play tackle except for the center from Illinois. They all play tackle in college. Who can make that jump to right guard in the Bears offense the quickest? And Johns, I just want to ask you, you and M, this question as well. Obviously, this being like my first full year covering the Bears, but when the Bears were able gave us access to some of the scouts just to kind of get a better indication of who these players are off the field and obviously um, on the field. What do you make of that, where that Ryan Poles is, you know, wanting to give us this access to get to know some of these players a little bit more? I liked it. You can't argue against more access. It felt different from uh, the get-go. I, I've covered this team since Lovey Smith, and I can't remember a draft where they marched out scouts like that before. Like, eventually you could get them for certain stories, but those are exclusive. Those are by request. To have them come down one after the, each other to, to talk about the picks that are from their area. Like, David Williams talked about two guys from his area. Breck Ackley talked about two guys from his area because they know him well. I saw it as Ryan Poles being inclusive, having respect for the process that these scouts went through. I mean, hours upon hours upon hours, days and days and months of scouting these guys, 400 reports, they felt happy to have more picks. I think that changed the mood of the, the entire draft room in house. So you look at some of the pictures, that room had more people in it. The scouts were at tables. I didn't see Ted Phillips at all. George McCaskey wasn't in there. I think that's significant. The scouts were in there. No Ted Phillips. Stands out to me, guys. I did see one photo of Pat McCaskey, though. Yeah, he's always in there. <laughs> but Pat's always he loves there. It. He's always in there. Pat's the best. All right, um, that might, that's probably a good transition then to what we've already heard a little bit. Some reports have been out there that, and this should not, let me stress this, this should not be a surprise. Even though Ryan Poles has praised these scouts, maybe you've heard differently, John Z, but everything I've heard, it's reciprocated. Like, there's been a lot of respect between the scouts that were already here and Ryan Poles coming in. And they all know this business and how it works. The, the, the contracts run through the draft. And then it's inevitable that there's going to be some changes. Um, the big question to me was, would Mark Sadowski, who's been the team scouting director now for a, a little bit and been with the team for a long time, also shout out because he's a St. Rita guy, Catholic League, you know, Catholic League in. guys here. We got to back Hell each other up. Guy, Bridgeport native. Yep. Um, and a huge White Sox fan too, Mark Sadowski. Uh, if you don't. That doesn't count, but it, <laughs> it's the most important factor. But it does sound like Ryan Poles is going to move on from him. Not terribly surprised, but this is a guy who I think has actually done a pretty good job. You look at the what the Bears have done with a lot of these late round picks. Like I think that's where the scout work really matters because the GMs ultimately know everything there is to know about most of these guys, but really take the pride in the first 
picks, the second round picks. Those are the key ones. So I think the scouting work really comes through with the late rounders. And the Bears have had a good run, you know, the last five or six years in that fifth, sixth round area. Yeah, Eddie Jackson is one of Mark Sadowski's more recent picks. Everybody knows him for selecting Devin Hester. He's the one who was most keen on Devin Hester, argued for Devin Hester to use the the old phrase in or the old school phrase of Matt Eberflus's words. He was banging on the table for Devin Hester. What year was that? 2007, right? 2007 draft? Oh, uh, uh, 06. 06. 06. 06 was his. Yeah, that, that is a Mark Sadowski pick, and I think Mark will find a job right away in, in the NFL. I, I think, well, just to go back to the front office changes, I, I thought it was noteworthy that Trey Koziel came over before the draft from Kansas City because you don't see that often. Like you said, Adam, you, you see the moves happen after the draft. And I think there's some debate around the league how teams want to handle this, right? I think there's some rule changes. You're, you're the rules guy. Like, it wasn't there some debate at the owners' meeting about this? Yeah, I think they passed that, that in the future, there's you, teams are going to be able to deny interviews. Now, they don't have mm. to, but they, they can basically delay the process to not have a situation where Ian Cunningham left, um, you know, right away. Now, I don't know how that's actually going to work because – some other executives I've talked to have been like, well, if a guy really wants to advance their career and make a move, like we're not going to stand in their way, right. Mm-hmm. Right. but at least I, gives the team the power in a, a certain situation to maybe say, no, this is going to have to wait till after the draft. Right. I like calling it the Ian Cunningham rule. We, we could call I it. I do that. too. That's <laughs> yeah. the, the rule. But like fans just have to understand how often these changes happen. Like, I, I think it's been forgotten that Joe Douglas was on Ryan Pace's first scouting staff. He was the director of college scouting for a year. Yes, yes. Yeah. He's the one who preceded Mark Sadowski before he got the promotion. And now he's the GM of the Jets. Those changes happen all the time. Uh, a lot of scouts have their own agents now. It's just it's just part of it. But uh, I also wasn't surprised that some of the Pace guys, some of the Pace scouts stayed on staff. Some of them are very respected around the league. Yeah, Johns. Um, actually, just wanted to get just your perspective on the whole draft class as a whole. Just kind of bring it back uh, to the beginning here, because I thought if the Bears didn't come away with a receiver on day two of the draft, Bears Twitter would lose their mind. But I think collectively, they like. I think they <laughs> that, like this that draft. Mine's lost. That, that mine's long gone. You know, <laughs> that's true. But like, I feel like collectively, after what Poles was able to do on day three, getting all the picks, that Bears fans actually like this draft. Was there a scenario in which the Bears did not draft a receiver high up that you thought this would be the, like, yeah, I guess the case? I'll, I'll give Crazy Bears Twitter this. With Ryan Poles trading back that many times, I forget how many times he traded back on day like three, four. but to go from three picks to 11, that was a lot of trades. A lot of trades. Uh, I think one trade's technically like a trade forward because it was next year's draft, so... You Whatever. got caught That's by that. I saw I that. Did. Bears I Twitter did. called you out for that. You, <laughs> I, I actually, I you know, you think you're trading back, but really you're trading a year forward. Mm-hmm. It's probably why I'm a little annoyed with Bears Twitter right now. They did call <laughs> me out there. So well played, Bears Twitter. Come on, Adam Johns, get it right. But yes, they traded forward. You, you get the point. 11 picks. I, I thought maybe <laughs> they would take another receiver on day three because of it. So if you want to mm-hmm. argue about anything on day three about their selections, maybe you need another receiver, but they got the playmaking Baylor running back. Maybe he could do something out of the backfield. Maybe they found something there. Ryan Poles did say the reason they, they drafted Hoag's guy, the punter, uh, tricep punter, whatever you want to call him, Nick, um, <laughs> because they didn't want to 
get in bidding wars and undraft the free agency, which I think you see happen now all the time, um, just because you can find diamonds in undraft the free agency. Obviously, I like the move, not getting in those bidding wars for a punter. But yes, if there's one debate, Nick, beyond just drafting Bayless Jones Jr., maybe they could have taken another receiver on day three. So how many times has Kevin Fishbane texted, called, whatever today about Peter Skronsky being in Dane Brugler's uh, 2023 mock oh, draft? Um, I, I'll read you a text from him. Hold on. <laughs> Stay right there. Exclusive. Um, sorry, Kev, if you're watching. Hope the Bears take him. <laughs> sorry. I love it. Uh, number one, because kid's going to be an outstanding offensive tackle. Number two. Yeah, he already is. He was as a true freshman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Local kid, Park Ridge, Maine South. Three, it's a Northwestern guy, so that's what Kevin's yep. all about. Another wildcat, you know, go Cats. Yeah, so he's got to be pretty jacked about Chris Bergen being at rookie minicamp this weekend, too. Yeah, go Cats. Right. That's right. Um, so there he is. John's already calling it. Next year's first-round pick, uh, Peter Skaronsky for the Chicago Bears. And everybody should love that, right? No, I, I, yeah, It's your left pick. tackle of the future. That's a good pick. You know? Yes. Absolutely. Everybody but Larry Borum or some of the rookies competing yeah, for that true. spot, but that's the nature of the NFL. True. All right, John Z, appreciate the time today, man. And uh, if anybody wants more, I'll see you in a couple hours because we're sitting down to record Hogan Johns uh, a little bit later on today. So we'll have our full draft recap, recap on Hogan Johns later today as well. And Kevin Fishbane, the Fishman, will join us for that. So plenty more content coming from John Z on The Athletic later today. Thanks, man. Hi, right, fellas. See ya. Hi, Johns. There he is, Adam Johns. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to end. Uh, everybody's been asking for John, so there he is. Awesome having him on the show, and we appreciate that. Hey, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up, and if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, email PointsBet at allchgo.com. We'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Got the playoffs going on right now, and PointsBet has the live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet, and you can boost those parlays. Watch live, parlay live, boost live, all with PointsBet. And online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the app right now, right here on your phone, the PointsBet app. Register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. What are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Before I tell you how awesome CHGO is, I'm going to try to redeem myself with the play of the week here, Adam. Oh, yeah. We're like 0 for 3, I think. Yeah, we're not very good at this. But here, I still liked my draft bet last week, though. And I still like Tim Anderson getting that, what, two two hits. It was the yeah. one game he didn't. All right, here we go. You don't have to listen to me, but I think these odds are in your favor. Player to record an RBI in this White Sox-Cubs series, Tim Anderson's at plus 210. I like those odds with Tim Anderson. Plus 210 to just get an RBI? Just get an RBI. In the next two games? Just just in, in this, this game. Oh, okay. Player to record an RBI today, Tim Anderson. If you want to go... Here, if you want to make some serious money, though. All right, is the wind blowing in, though? See, Wrigley? that's, that's see, the thing. And now this is, where, this, this is where this next one might... We'll see. 
player to hit a home run. And I know this weather sucks. But Jose Abreu is at plus 550. He's homer in his last two games. Like, if you're going to try to put money, put a $10 bet. What's what's the worst? Second? I guess you can lose 10 bucks. But <laughs> but I, I, those are going to be my two. You don't have to take them. But I, I'm going to put money on the ho- uh, Jose Abreu. What do you think, Lawrence? I think that we need Eloy back because he would definitely hit a homer. But Eloy, yes. of course, is out for many months and weeks. <laughs> and it's just the way the Sox are right now. I loved how Liam Hendricks looked, though, yesterday. That's, oh, yeah, that's that my nice. guy. That's my guy. It was just nice to finally have a, just like a nice, easy win from start to finish. Finally. How about that? What a concept. <laughs> what a concept. What a concept. But, yeah, take those player um, play of the weeks if you want. I like the TA bet. I'm okay. a little concerned about the win, though. Yeah. It's like yeah. 20 miles an hour out of the north. Is there even going to be a game today? <laughs> like, honestly, with this crappy yeah, weather? probably not. Who knows? So, what a wasted time that whole thing was. <laughs> yes. Ask Tom Skilling. <laughs> All right, Chicago sports fans, if you aren't a member of our CHGO family, what are you waiting for? Members will have access to all of our premium content from all of our great writers. You also get a free T-shirt of your choice when you become a member, and you get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And, of course, we have podcasts and live shows like this one on every team, literally every team in the city every single day. So come join this amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. All right, let's keep this show rolling as we continue to recap the draft and what the Bears did. 11 players. It's still crazy to me. We're talking about 11 players. Like, I've never covered a draft with 11 players. <laughs> uh, the last time was 2008 when they took 12. Um, so let's bring in Will DeWitt. And we will have coverage from Rookie Minicamp this weekend, by the mm-hmm. way. So we'll get our eyes on these guys for the first time. Hear what Matt Eberflus has to say. The coordinators are going to talk this weekend. We're gonna, Abby, yeah. we're gonna hear from Luke Getze on uh, Sunday, which is Mother's Day. Always loving rookie mini camps on Mother's Day weekend. Mm, I did. Um, yep. My wife does not love that, but you know, <laughs> she's a great mother, and that's a you know. So maybe we'll have to take Sunday off. I don't know. Hashtag no days off, right? Will do it. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Yeah, hey, I know that uh, tremendously. We uh, we put in the work over the weekend, guys. It's great to see you, Nick. Hardly recognize you uh, there with the beard kind of gone and. I don't know. I'm a little disappointed, though. Like, we had Adam on, and here I am. And, Nick, how many years have we asked for a full Chicago Audible, Hogue and John's kind of crossover episode? And it was yeah. always Hogue who couldn't allow us to do it with his schedule. And then we were so close. It's kind of there, but it's not really there. One day, all four of us need to sit down and talk. Well, we got to figure out the double bubble, then. The double oh, I can te- I can teach you guys how to do the double bubble. <laughs> oh, there's a double Well, then this is on you, man. If you know how to do the double bubble, then. You told me to wait. Oh, okay. Well, that's because I honestly thought I didn't know that we had that technology. So um, <laughs> we'll get that done, though. We'll get it done. Well, double bubble. All right. Love it. All yeah. right. But no, it's CHGO Bears, and I'm excited to kind of get into some of our talk that we have scheduled here today. You know, I missed you both, and uh, let's get to it. We got to come up with like a like a game show then, where it's like Will and Nick versus the the, the Adams. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Well, maybe we need like a trivia episode or something. I hate. Trivia. Does that mean I have to be the host? Do I have to get one of those skinny yes. microphones with the? I like it. And no, Nick, yeah. Nick, know you that. know, I've been thinking through like a sports football trivia game show for years to do on YouTube uh, as yeah. well. I have some ideas. He does. All right. <laughs> um, let's talk about some of these undrafted free agents because we haven't had a chance to do that yet um, and kind of see them trickle through. Bears had to sign a lot of them because they had a lot of open roster spots. That's a good thing, though. I mean, just mm-hmm. kind of gives you more swings at finding, 
you know, a, a potential fit, somebody that can help you, at least on special teams this year. Will, I'll ask you first, of all these guys, and we kind of know who they are, I think some of it's still getting filled out, but who do you who do you like the most out of the undrafted free agent class? You're just going to wait to talk about Jack Sanborn, and that's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to let somebody else that. bring him up, okay? So, <laughs> you know, it takes the homer stance off just at least a little bit. <laughs> okay. So for me, I, I think we're all going to look at a guy like uh, we're going to look at Master Teague here, right? Someone that did play with Justin Fields at Ohio State. He's that one cut back, you know, hit the hole, plant his feet and go. Very productive college career, uh, 1,700 yards, 17 touchdowns. And he's an interesting option for a change of pace back here in Chicago, uh, whether it be someone who earns a job this year or maybe sits on the practice squad for a bit. But I found out he had a background in bodybuilding, uh, which I did not know heading into this. So that's interesting. That's why he's kind of a little bit bigger uh, with that size. And he has decent speed for it. Uh, And he did experience an Achilles injury in the spring of 2020. Uh, And I saw a quote that he told reporters, uh, and it was definitely just another chance for me to grow as a person, as a man, as a player, and to continue to build discipline in my life to help me with certain things down the road. And to me, like that answer is exactly why the Bears brought this kid in to be a you know a member of the Chicago Bears at least right now and you know that mindset with such a devastating injury and the fact that he returned that year which was with Justin Fields in the Fields last year in Ohio State to have over 100 rushes a career high eight touchdowns coming off an Achilles injury like eight months prior is is remarkable and the mindset that he approached it with too is uh, something I appreciate uh, so that's just one reason or multiple reasons why Master Teague is a guy that intrigues me more than some of the other guys on this list great name too right mm-hmm. master, master t no i got a chance to see him a couple times in person uh at ohio state and you know like a lot of those backs impressive mm-hmm. like, yeah you know they just roll him through there at ohio state and um he was one of the guys so um honestly i kind of forgotten about him a little bit until then i saw him that the bears were were signing him as an as a udfa so uh he's an interesting name somebody i think certainly have uh you know, my eyes on this weekend. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I can't even believe I'm about to say this particular player because where he went, but Chase Allen, tight end out of Iowa State. He actually, according to Aaron Wilson from the Pro Football Network, signed a $60,000 base salary. So kind of looking at where the money's going to, to some of these undrafted free agents, can give you a little bit of an indication of what the Bears kind of view them as. But it's a guy that in 2021 didn't have eye-popping stats, 26 receptions, 284 yards, two touchdowns, zero drops, though there for for Iowa State but it does feel that traditional wide tight end and I know the Bears have added quite a few tight ends since um you know this the, the offseason began just through free agency but a guy that's 6'6 251 pounds kind of curious to see what he can do out there you know this weekend Nick, all right I'll uh, talk about the two linebackers I, have- I know so sorry go ahead Will yeah, that, I know. Technology guy, guys. So, uh, Nick, you know that uh, we used to work with a guy named Nick Austin uh, who covers, you know, the Cyclones now for football. So I did send him a couple of texts about uh, Chase Allen, just kind of wanting to learn a little bit more about him. He was on my list, too. And uh, this is what I found out. So uh, he's improved his route tree uh, throughout his career. Uh, he's been lauded for his leadership and how he's represented their program. Uh, more than anything, he's got a legitimate shot to make the roster because he can block for a tight end very very well and nick also referenced that uh, he got hit by a car by the practice facility early on uh, in his career i uh, had 103 stitches in his back uh, due to the windshield cr- smashing on, on his back and uh, he was able Goodness. to overcome that yeah like that's crazy. And he handled that with uh, you know class and uh, something as well but he's been one of the bigger faces uh, of terms of the turnaround at iowa state university so yeah like 
Well, isn't that crazy? Like he got hit outside the practice facility. A hundred. The hell's going stitches. on at the Iowa State campus? Like people are just <laughs> running over their players. What's going on? Mm. Yeah, but a, a tremendous blocker who's still kind of getting into his own a bit in terms of be growing as a receiving threat. And like you said, Nick, he has the size. And as uh, Mr. Austin uh, referenced to, like really lauded for that leadership. So uh, another player that the Bears didn't draft but could end up being around for a while. Well, you know, granted the UDFA class is, is large, but – I mean, this is a good – This, if you're an undrafted free agent, like the Bears are a team you want to go to right now because your chances of making the team are high. Yeah. You know, are higher than other places where you're, most teams are maybe only best-case scenario, like one UDFA makes it as a special team or to start, mm -hmm. you know. In some years, it doesn't happen at all. Um, but it's becoming more and more of a trend, I feel like, where, where some of these guys fall through the cracks. This was a deeper draft, too. So in terms of – you know, there were guys, the undrafted free agent pool this year is better than most years because there were more draftable players this year. So it was a good year to have that many picks and then that many spots still available to sign some of these guys. And in some ways, like adding those picks late in the draft, as we heard John say earlier, was like getting to just secure some of the guys you were to take in an undrafted free agency anyway, like the, mm -hmm. like the punter. So, mm -hmm. you know, these are all things you maybe are grasping at a little bit when things are going bad for your franchise. But, the, you know, it, when you're rebuilding and you have open roster spots, these are some of the silver linings, I'll say. So a couple linebackers that I'll, I'll just talk about because I know them. Like, granted, a lot of these guys on this list don't know who they are. Um, but Jack Sanborn, who played at Wisconsin, to me, he was a draftable player. Him and Leo Chanel, who did get drafted. Uh, who, did, who drafted Leo again? I'm blanking on that right now. I will. What to look that up. I'm forgetting who drafted Leo Chanel. Um, the Chiefs. The Chiefs drafted Leo Chanel. That's, yes. who, that's who drafted yep. him. Um, anyway, they played together. They called themselves Death Row. Those, those linebackers on that 3-4 defense. Jack Sanborn, by the way, local kid, played at Lake Zurich um, okay. before going to Wisconsin. And Sanborn, like, he's like a downhill linebacker who, for three years, if you were just listening to a Wisconsin radio broadcast, like, you'd hear... Jack Sanborn's name, like constantly, because he's just piling up the tackles, playing downhill, getting in the backfield, piling up TFLs, sacks. Um, and then Leo Chanel kind of like really took over this past year mm. with his athleticism. And together they were they were dangerous. So I was a little surprised Sanborn didn't get drafted. Uh, I would put him in the class of players that probably would have gotten drafted in past years. Doesn't mean he's going to be a superstar. Doesn't mean like he's the future Mike linebacker for the Bears forever. But I think he has a chance to stick on special teams, potentially compete at that Sam linebacker spot where we heard Matt Eberflus talk about how he wants mm -hmm. that guy to also be able to back up other positions. And Sanborn has experience playing both the Mike and Will linebacker spots, that granted helps. in a different scheme, but he has done that in the past. So he just projects to me as somebody who could fill what the Bears want that kind of third linebacker to be. I'm not saying he can get there right away, but I'd like that as an undrafted free agent signing. So before I talk about the other guy, like you guys can react to that, I guess. Yeah, well, actually, Will, I know you did so much homework on all these guys. Who else do you have on your list there? 
Well, when you give me like a 24 hour notice, like, <laughs> I have some time on my hands. Like I'm ready to roll. Uh, I just want to at least give a shout out to a guy, uh, to Micah do Treadway, uh, the defensive lineman out of Minnesota. Yeah, okay. uh, he had yeah. actually seven years in college between Notre Dame and Minnesota, but he's from Bolingbrook, Illinois, like local kid. Hmm. So that's one of those that you always like to root for uh, a little bit more. And, uh, the only other player that I think I want to highlight here is Namari Carter, uh, the safety out of Miami. He is a thumper, mm. like an extremely aggressive football player, uh, so much so that he had uh, some issues with those roughness penalties uh, targeting in college. A little bit of lack of ball production, one interception, one pass defense last year. But, you know, he's a bigger guy, six foot two, 200 pounds. Maybe he's like a hybrid linebacker, safety, special teams uh, player. And I think that would be his path to this roster uh, if he can contribute on special teams and that's kind of tough with uh safety because you have elijah hicks who the bears drafted who i really really like the more i look into him uh dhc uh, as well as like Krukshank, uh, as and, and too so there's just a crowded room there but uh, amari carter with that physicality uh, and that special teams experience perhaps he's someone that can carve a role in that third phase as well well I add one more guy that brings that physicality, but he does that at the cornerback position. Allie Green from Missouri. I watched a little bit of tape on him last night. He, at 6'2", 202 pounds, he loves to just jam wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. And he plays physical throughout the route. Um, also pretty good at just turning his, his head and trying to find the football. But that's a guy that, if it's, if it's a running play, like usually you don't see corners going and willingly get in there. Green's someone that will throw his body out there, get into the scrum of things, and make some plays. So I'm curious to see how he looks at rookie minicamp just because he does provide that physical presence. And, you know, if he's looking to make that team, he's got to show and just use the attributes that he has. Adam, I did want to actually ask you a question about Sanborn because when I was looking at him, I saw 16 tackles for a loss last season, five sacks. Yeah. What makes him so good at making plays behind the line of scrimmage? Yeah, I mean, he. It, I mean, it helps that he had a uh, a guy in front of him who got drafted on the D line, the linebacker next to him, Leo Chanel. Obviously, it's a well schemed defense. Jim Leonard, the defense coordinator, of Wisconsin could easily be a defensive coordinator in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, without a doubt. He, the Packers tried to hire him actually a couple years ago, and he decided to stay in Madison, his alma mater. That you know he loves being there and could potentially, I think take over for Paul Chris down the line as the head coach um, if he wanted to do that. Um, so I think part of it's scheme. I think part of it is, you know, his instincts. I mean, he's a guy that showed up on campus right away and started making plays. So now I think the, the questions are more about his coverage abilities and maybe being vulnerable there. So that's the area that I think he needs to be able to improve and be trusted before they throw him out there. Um, but, you know, potentially as a guy who wouldn't be on the field except in your base defense, which isn't going to be a whole lot anyway. True. Um, and then back up other spots. I do think he has some potential there. And, um, you know, it's it, like we all, I think we all feel the same way. Like when a local kid gets you want to see brought on to yeah. the Bears, it's, it's just kind of a cool thing. You saw um, Kramer, the offensive lineman from Illinois, yeah. how excited he was mm-hmm. about the whole thing the other day. And, We'll just have to see how that plays out. You know, one of the other guys that I want to bring up, uh, Chris Bergen, who just got a rookie minicamp invite. So he's not signed. He just got invited mm-hmm. to rookie minicamp. Um, Ty Dunn had a great story. My friend Ty Dunn, who runs the uh, Go Long newsletter, if you want to check that out, had yeah. a good story on him. Um, so Chris Bergen, like I call him like uh, like a maniac linebacker type. You know, he's like uh, he's undersized. Um, he had brothers that went to Northwestern. He shows up on campus. And 
was kind of an afterthought as a preferred walk-on type guy and just immediately started impressing the coaches because he was all over the practice field. They threw him on special teams very early as a freshman, uh, and he was making plays. So then he became kind of the special teams ace. He was either like the special teams player of the week or um, or the practice player of the week, like okay. like half the season as a freshman. Um, and then he got eventually earned a spot playing linebacker and was just racking up tackles like crazy. And I, I loved – I tweeted this the other day, but when Northwestern beat Auburn in the Citrus Bowl, uh, that was the COVID year, they, they all knew they – it was hard to figure out who was coming back because everybody could come back if they wanted, right? True. And here's a guy who I didn't necessarily know if he had an NFL future, and I, like, started to delicately ask that question – about coming back and he he interrupted me and he was like oh i'm coming back hell yeah you know like it wasn't even a question he's <laughs> like it. oh i'm coming back for sure um and then he he had another good season last year so look he's undersized i i think ideally he you'd almost want to move him to safety in the nfl but i don't think he's fast enough to do that mm. so however we see guys like this that just become special team aces yeah and make sure. a career out of that so i i'm intrigued to see what He's definitely one of those players that immediately the coaches love. So it'll be interesting to see the reaction he gets on the practice field uh, this week at rookie minicamp. I'm trying to like think who's like been the most successful undrafted free agent that the Bears have brought on recently. I think Bryce Callahan kind of fits that. Yeah, that that would be the first name that comes to mind as like guys that hey, you're not expecting them to to really amount to really anything to be a contributor on defense, but. Callahan was definitely someone that was able to take the most out of his opportunity. So a lot of these players, more than, what, 20-plus, are going to get that opportunity at House Hall this weekend. So is it bad news that neither of us wanted to highlight any of the receivers that they brought in? I had some notes on a couple of guys. Um, here, Cyrus Holder from Duquesne. A guy that's 6'4", 205 pounds. There's not a lot of uh, Duquesne um you know, tape out there, but you don't watch. You don't watch Duquesne every week. I, I, I can't even tell you where that's at. To Come be on, only honest. the true grinders are watching Duquesne every week. <laughs> Lawrence, Lawrence is watching. Well, I mean, I, I prefer them as an A10 basketball team, but <laughs> the Duquesne football team is not one of my okay. main weekend Quesney. watches. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that he he lived in the end zone, just being that jump ball kind of specialist for for the team. There caught thirty seven receptions, six hundred twenty nine yards, eight touchdowns. But you know it. At this opportunity at House Hall, seeing what he can do against some some of these DBs there, be interesting to see what he can do. All right, real quick, we'll let you know that if you enjoy CHGO, hope you're enjoying the show today. One way to help us continue to grow is to download that PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. If you haven't gone to the CHGO Locker, by the way, you should. And now's like if you've been putting this off, now's the time to go do it because the new uh, Fire and Red Star shirts we have so cool. are fire. I mean, that's the only <laughs> way I can put it. Um, like, I keep, I, I, I'm I, actually, that's, I'm going to order mine today. 
Order mine today. Get them on the show by the end of the week, maybe. Because that's how – I mean, they really are great. So that you could pick whichever shirt you want. We got one for every team. And if you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. Online signups available in Illinois. You download the PointsBet app. You can do it right now. Register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. It's very easy. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And one more reminder, you guys, with CHGO, like if you want to get that premium content, like Adam and I are going to be at House Hall for Rookie Mini Camp this weekend. That's a great opportunity to kind of get the insight. What's kind of going on there as the Bears are trying to find other players to fill out this roster. But again, the Cubs and Sox are going to have that that crosstown rivalry. There's a bunch of stuff going on in Chicago sports, and you want to be here at CHGO and make sure you get all the notifications. You're just following all the teams and just getting all that premium content, like I said. And again, like that CHGO lounge is also available on Discord. So there's so many benefits of being just a member of CHGO. So definitely go check that out at allchgo.com. And Nick, I think if they sign up right now, they'd really enjoy reading our post-draft roundtable that you and I did. That's another Ooh. plus. So there's there's so many benefits. Mm-hmm. That was that was good work, by the way, guys. Appreciate little round Thank table, you. so you can check that out at allchgo.com. And we should probably do a post-draft discussion on Discord, too. That, I think that's yes. a great idea. And, uh, and have that going as well. So um, I believe we have a little bit of news that's come out here mid-show, too, um, with the Bears um, scouting staff. And some front office changes. So, see if I can get this to load on this beautiful internet. Okay, Bears. This is from the Chicago Bears. They're announcing this uh, mid-show. Bears general manager Ryan Poles on Tuesday appointed Jeff King and Trey Koziel as co-directors of player personnel. Uh, He said in a quote, we are excited to name both Jeff and Trey co-directors of player personnel, not only... Not only are both outstanding evaluators, but they also enhance the work environment and culture due to their personalities, passion, and selfish approach. Both Jeff and Trey will have a strong influence on roster decisions made in pro and college scouting. Uh, King joined the Bears in 2015 as a scouting intern, and he was hired full-time as a pro scout in 2016 before being promoted to assistant director of pro scouting in 2019 and director of pro scouting in 2020. So we heard uh, John's actually talked earlier in the show about Trey, who was brought over from Kansas City, and that had already happened. And he was given that title co-director of player personnel. So we were kind of expecting someone else to fill that, to be the other co-director. And it's good to see uh, Ryan Poles promote from within. Mm -hmm. There. Um, One interesting thing about Poles is, you know, and we talked about this when he got hired as a GM, he survived multiple GM changes in Kansas City. So I think he has a respect for guys who have already been in a place, their livelihood, and really tried to understand the work that they've done. And, you know, like we talked about earlier, not going to keep everyone. Changes were inevitable. But in this case, with Jeff King promoted. Yeah, and you know what? I think that's that's one of the things about Poles, too. He knows what it's like to be in a player's shoes. He knows what it's like to be in that role as well. So seeing that he's gone through it, you know, it does give you more of a, an appreciation of how Poles kind of is, you know, promoting from within and giving these guys a, be- a bigger opportunity to kind of go and um, evaluate and just kind of escalate in their, their kind of scouting careers. But, yeah, it was inevitable, especially with uh, the people that were let go 
um, yesterday and now that you're kind of promoting within, starting the new era uh, of Bears yeah. football. And really, not just promoting within, but being able to identify that talent, right? Because he's only been here a few months, and he's working with these guys. So uh, he probably uh, has great admiration and respect for King. And Adam, you mentioned he started as an intern only like six years ago. So he's a you know a fast riser in that uh, player personnel department. And I'm excited that he's staying here in Chicago because obviously they have something in him. And hopefully, you know, he succeeds at his job. That's what we all want to see. You know, it's interesting in this Bears release they put out, they they give King credit um, for helping sign Alec Ogletree and Jason Peters last oh, August, wow. which is kind of a very specific thing to bring up. Um, you know, so that's interesting. I mean, both of those guys ended up being key contributors. Uh, the release mentions how they made 31 of a possible 34 starts uh, in 2021. Neither player's back right now, but... You know, for last-minute signings, yeah, they, exactly. were, they were good signings mm-hmm. to pick up those guys in August, which is another reminder. I feel like we say this every day, but, like, more players are going to be uh, added, which, should we talk about that lineman that looks like might be available? Nate Herbert? Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like, I mean, look, you have to connect the dots. The Bears kind of have, obviously, holes still on that that line, but I think that would be... It's like a logical, like, like a logical choice for the Bears. They wanted to get somebody that does have experience, and maybe almost feels like a like a similar role how they kind of viewed an Alec Ogletree or guys like that, where they can come in, play, and you kind of know what you're getting, right? I think that would that would be a move that if it gets made, I'm like, okay, we can see that coming. We talked about it in the CHGO Bears podcast. We we knew about it. He's come. He's out of Philadelphia, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, it, it, so they're planning on releasing him, him but. It's almost one of the – sometimes they, like, it leaks out they're going to release you, and then they, like, wait 24 hours just to make sure no team wants to be like, hey, <laughs> let me trade for him. Yep. So, you know, but that's what the expectation is. Right. I just wanted to point out the Ian Cunningham possible connection as well. Like, if anyone has intimate knowledge of him in the building, it would be him. Who? I'm sorry. Ian Cunningham? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Since he was with the Eagles. Absolutely. Exactly. I've and heard the, of him. In the personal department. Yeah. Somewhat. He has his own rule. Um, well, and this was, again, well, I, I don't know how many times we brought this up before the draft, like how the Bears cut Charles Leno after the draft. Mm-hmm. Like guys get sprung loose, and then you're able to pick them up, and even if it's just a, you know, filling a hole for a little bit. But the, the, the commanders ended up keeping Charles Leno. Yeah, they sent him to another contract. I mean, for so. a seventh-round draft pick, Charles Leno done pretty well for himself. Yeah, I, I, people, got, if, people got on Twitter. I love you. <laughs> I listed in the middle of the draft when the Bears were adding all those picks, like because someone was like, you know, no, you don't find any players ever late in the round. And I listed off like it was like eight or nine of them in the last six years that the Bears have found. And one of them was Charles Leno. And um, someone was like, oh, I like how you snuck Charles Leno's name in there. Like, I feel like he started, it was like 79 straight games that left tackle in the NFL. Like, you yep. don't suck if you do that. It's <laughs> exactly. just not possible to no. suck if you do that. Especially at the left tackle position, too. And you're a seventh-round draft pick. Like, the expectations, I feel like Bears fans just put them, like, on a pedestal to be better than where his draft status was. And he did play better than that. Yeah, so, he, he totally outperformed his draft. Now, completely. is it also fair to say the Bears could do better? Yes. yes. And that's okay. But, like, give the guy his respect at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't know. Jason Peters, he was probably better last year. Slightly. Mm-hmm. About the same, and Leno can actually move. Well, I, 
I, I think I brought this up before. Like I've played basketball against that dude. He can surprisingly, <laughs> he's he's insanely athletic. Agile. You understand lineman. when you do when you got a basketball court with those guys, like why they're playing left tackle in the NFL and they're mm. that big and can move like that is is extremely impressive. I, I really want to see that just to see if <laughs> you know one of these linemen move out there and shooting some hoops. You don't want to see him coming at you like full speed. Probably though. not. Like not taking driving the charge. The hole. Not like, taking the charge. Okay, there you go. Nope. Have the hoop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, all right. One thing we did want to bring up before we get out of here, and we will take some some football questions if you have them in the chat. Um, but I know one of them in there was about Herbig, so I want to bring that up. Mm. But there was a tweet from Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. They got a lot of attention from Bears fans over the weekend. Um in, I think it was Sunday, mm-hmm. and he said, there's a strong argument to be made that Justin Fields has the weakest supporting offensive cast in the NFL. Guys, agree or disagree with this tweet? I don't think it's too off base, to be completely honest. Um, and that doesn't mean that Justin Fields won't have success in year two, but looking at his supporting cast, Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, Bayless Jones Jr., Cole Komet, David Montgomery, like if those are the five, they're they're a lot better supporting cast for other teams, I think. But again, but that doesn't mean that just feels going to be bad. Are there thirty-one other ones? I don't I don't believe there are thirty-one better personnel groupings than this. I really don't. Uh, I can go on a tangent if you would like here because I've been thinking <laughs> about this all morning. Ooh, uh, let's Mooney, see it. Let's hear. Let's hear the tangent. All right, Will's tangent. So, Ooh, that's Mooney, nineteenth in the NFL last year, right? Over a thousand yards receiving. That's with three different quarterbacks. Why can't he be able to do that with a you know with Justin in a better system? Byron Pringle, fifty-four catches, eight touchdowns last year, six hundred fifty yards as a wide receiver four last year. He's reliable. He caught seventy-four percent of his targets. Uh, that was more than DeAndre Hopkins, Russell Gage, Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen. Uh, Mahomes' passer rating when throwing to Pringle, 135.5. Uh, when he threw to Tyreek Hill, it was only 111. Uh, when he threw to Mikal Hardman, only 109. And he also led the Chiefs with catching 60% of his contested catches. So just don't uh, you know, don't sleep on Byron Pringle. You know, Valdez Scantling, uh, I know we're not as high on him as some of the other players too, but uh, he was 17th in the NFL uh, with five yards after the catch per reception. Another thing that the Bears have really kind of promoted. And uh, he did that better than most guys who played on the outside. A lot of the people on that list played in the slot. Uh, only two players who played as much outside as he did ranked higher, which was uh, Jamar Chase and Debo Samuel. So to be third on that list, I think is very enticing as well. Bayless Jones Jr., we mentioned it. Yards after the catch, monster. Uh, someone I think who I've been high on the whole pre-draft process and Adam, we talked about Cole Komet a couple weeks ago that he's had a lot of good production too, that people have been sleeping on. David Montgomery, good back out of the backfield receiving. Tristan Ebner, who the Bears drafted, is a very natural receiver coming out of the backfield. And then those veteran tight ends, Ryan Griffin, uh, only two years removed from being a top five tight end in the red zone. Uh, and then James O'Shaughnessy, over 500 yards and 10 yards per catch over the last two seasons. Like There are playmakers here. They're just yeah. not the household names. Well, and real quick, there was a comment up there that was very interesting about uh, you can't really argue that the Packers have that much better of a supporting cast around Aaron Rodgers. Now, let's be very clear about that. Ro- around Rodgers, so like mm-hmm. outside of Rodgers. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, who we have in studio here every day um, with our producer, does a great job Ahem. producing. Yeah. Um, although the hair c- hair's cut, I don't know. If it's... You what? still do look like Rodgers, though. 
I'm surprised at how much you still look yeah. like him with the cut haircut. I mean, you know, I I did get the Rogers comparison like ten years ago. Yeah, okay. so before he was a crazy person. I mean, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think if if we ever get State Farm as a sponsor here, you got to do the reads. Totally hey. fine. Yeah, okay. I'll happily yeah, do that. Like discount that. double check. <laughs> um, well, so obviously the whole offense, Packers have a better offense. They have Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's great. He owns the Bears, all that stuff. Um, the the weapons, though, it's like, okay, Christian Watson, who a lot of fans wanted. Mm-hmm. I get it. But Darnell Mooney's better than Christian Watson. At this point, yeah. Alan Lazard. Mm-hmm. Darnell Mooney's better than Alan Lazard. Randall Cobb is still on this roster, <laughs> crazy. which is crazy. Um, obviously, Aaron Jones is a really good running back. He's probably better than David Montgomery. But David Montgomery's pretty good. Like, I, you could argue the Bears' running back room as a whole is better. Mm-hmm. Than, than what the Packers have. Although A.J. Dillon's a pretty good backup. Dillon's I think where the Packers would have the edge, and it still matters, is their offensive line. Yep. I mean, they have David Bakhtiari at left tackle. They have, they've done a good job of drafting there uh, in recent years. And although the Bears did get Lucas Patrick from the Packers. They did. They did do but, that. So I, I think you still got to say, all right, the offensive line is where they get a big edge. But in terms of the weapons... It's, I don't think it's that outlandish to like make an argument that the Bears are still like, yeah, in, in the same realm at, overall. And I think this whole, I guess, argument's coming up only because the Bears just didn't draft a wide receiver in the second round. To be completely honest, the Bears do that. I wonder, like, hey, look, the Bears went out and got somebody, but I feel like that if the Bears only did that solely to again draft a wide receiver, then they're really going away from their entire process. Like, it doesn't even matter then. You're not evaluating who's the best player on the board if you're just addressing one position of need when the Bears had several positions of need. So I get it. And the Packers had the same. Their first two picks were defensive players. The Bears' first two picks were defensive players. Both their third picks were wide receivers. And yet it seems like the Bears get the, I don't know, the negative look on it because it was a, a guy in the third round as opposed to Christian Watson in the second. But that's where I think this argument comes from. We, we honestly just need to wait till the season plays out and see what these guys can do in Luke Getze's system because that in itself should make the weapons that the Bears do have, I, I would think, better than what we saw last year because last year was abysmal, and you can't really do much worse. I'm just calling BS as there's 31 better supporting cast out there in the NFL right now. Like I know it's only May 3rd, but just I would say like Houston. The- like what, I don't even know. We were talking about like who's on Houston right now yeah. in terms yeah. of players. Not, not drafted guys, but guys last year. Like I can't even... <laughs> so here's no, where I'll back up the tweet a little bit, though. Like the original tweet that we talked about, you know, and this is kind of what happens on social media is <laughs> everyone gets kind of then caught up in semantics and misses the original point. And the original point is valid. The original point is that the mm-hmm. supporting cast around Justin Fields at best is unproven and sure, needs correct. to be better. And at worst could really put him in harm's way this season. Now, I'm willing to look on the bright side, too. I'm willing to say, you know what? I think there might be a little bit more talent here than we think. I am worried about the offensive line. I, The more and more I watch Will's guy, Valus Jones Jr., I think he's a guy you can put the ball in his hands week one, three or four times, and get some positive plays out of. The one guy I kept watching, guys, Tristan Ebner is a good running back. He is. You know, and he is a very good receiving running back. And I wonder about getting him on the field as an extra guy that you could potentially throw the ball to in certain packages. So I just think that uh, let's just not forget they 
I don't want to say solved because none of us really know, but they addressed the secondary and two enormous holes on the secondary with guys who could be plug and play starters. And that should just not be missed. And meanwhile, let the offense play out. It's okay to be skeptical. This is, Mm -hmm. they're the Chicago bears and they're always crappy on offense. Like I get it, but let's just give Ryan Poles some time here to put this thing together and at least wait till the pads go on in camp to really evaluate what they have. Makes sense? Yeah. Couldn't have said it it makes myself. sense to me. Outside the offensive line, I, I still don't know if unproven is the word that I would use for the unit because there's a lot of – there's a few veterans here with proven production in the past. I guess we just had to see how they project and what their roles actually will be you know, in this offense. But they have – you know, Avalis Jones, which if you put his yards after a catch that he averaged last year in the NFL, that would have been third uh, in the entire league. And Rondell Moore out of Purdue was able to do similar things last year in terms of after the catch. So it's not impossible for a rookie to come in with a, I'll say, limited role uh, to be nice. But like you said, Adam, a few touches a game and make a difference. Uh, so I, I really, again, when I saw it, oh, by the way, all the stats I use came from PFF. So I just want to make sure I use his tool to debunk some of that argument as well. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, guys. Uh, Will, appreciate you. Great stuff today. Uh, awesome having Adam Johns on the show today as well. Make sure you're following Will at Will DeWitt. The L's are ones. Make sure you give him that follow. A lot of good post-draft content on Will's Twitter page. Check that out, Adam Johns at Adam Johns. And we will have more later today on the Hogan Johns podcast if you want to check that out. Uh, but make sure you're hitting that subscribe button, the notification, so you know when we go live. Uh, we will be at 11 a.m. until Friday. Mm-hmm. Friday's show will be a little bit later in the afternoon because of rookie mini camp. Um, but otherwise, we'll be back here tomorrow, 11 a.m., with a lot of good stuff. Make sure you're following Nick on Twitter, at Nicholas Moriano. I'm at, at Adam Hogue. Follow our CHGO Twitter accounts. Go to allchgo.com. Get those memberships. We appreciate all the support. Thank you for watching, listening. Hit the subscribe button. Rate and review the pod. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 11 o'clock.